Finally, there's a podcast for podcasters. My name is Kyle Cummings. And I'm Mackenzie Vogt. And each week, we are going to share the knowledge and expertise that we've gained from years of launching, running, and promoting successful podcasts. Whether you're an aspiring podcaster or you've already got hundreds of episodes under your belt, these conversations dive deep into the topics that matter to every podcaster. From marketing and growing your podcast to recording equipment and best practices, monetization, cutting-edge tools, hiring help, and so much more. Welcome to the Pod Circle Podcast. All righty. If you're ready to take the plunge and finally start a podcast, this podcast is for you. But before you press record, we want to help you decide if it's actually the right choice. Because Kyle, like you've seen and I've seen in the last couple of years, everyone and their brother is starting a podcast. And we believe that maybe not everyone should. (laughs) Yeah, maybe not. But we think a lot of people should. And we're going to get to that later. But first, we're going to dispel some of the maybe false expectations around starting a podcast. Mm -hmm. So the first one is that you want quick results. Yes. I think a lot of people, I see from a marketing standpoint, like, oh, we want more people. We want a bigger audience. We want to grow. Uh, Let's just start a podcast. And I think it's essential to start and manage expectations. Yes. And say, like the tortoise and the hare, Podcasting is a slow and steady game. Yeah. And the slow and steady wins the race eventually, but you're not, it's not going to be an overnight success for sure. Yeah. I think the only overnight successes are people that are already famous that start podcasts uh, because someone comes to them and pitches them like, oh, you need to start a podcast because you already have this great audience. But those are still 10, 15 year successes because these people, they didn't become famous overnight. But for most people that are starting a podcast, I think it's safe to say it's a years-long commitment and journey. And I think from a business perspective, everything that I've been taught about marketing also kind of applies to podcasting, too. If you think about podcasting as like a wing of your marketing, Mm -hmm. it's committing to it for months and even years and then iterating along the way and, and getting feedback and working that in and just committing yourself to that long game, that long process, and just doing it consistently over time. I think that's the... That's the name of the game, in my opinion. Yeah, I can think of a specific podcast that I used to listen to a while ago. And I mean, this woman had put in the reps and she became an overnight success when she had a book that blew up. But the reason that it blew up is that she had been showing up week after week after week for her audience and building it slowly so that when she released a book, when she was ready to ask them, hey, will you give me... $24.95 to buy this hardcover, they were more than willing because she had been putting out quality content for such a long time. Yeah. Similarly, I have a a long-term client who started a podcast with us back in 2016 Mm -hmm. and relatively unknown, but just like you said, just stuck to it and has never missed a week. Yeah. Releases podcasts every Tuesday morning without fail for like seven years. And now she's creeping up on 3 million downloads. Wild. And for her, that's an amazing accomplishment for where she came from. And it's, it's so fun to talk to her about how her podcast has grown her, mm-hmm. her reach and her organization. She, she runs a nonprofit that is for specifically for moms. And her content is so great. Her episodes are rarely over 25 or 30 minutes. Yeah. And it's just so impressive, like what she's done. And now she speaks all over the country. She has listeners all over the world. And just because of that stick to that, you know, that never giving up. I think along these lines, if you are expecting people to find you organically, podcasting might not be for you either. Because again, we're going back to 
are you already someone who's very famous and has a huge platform? Or are you someone who's willing to put in the reps and do that? So I think what I like to encourage people, um, and even what I discovered starting my own podcast and for the organization that I work for, is that people aren't going to find you organically primarily. Right. They're going to find you from places that you already are. So social media, your email, your paid advertisements, guest spots on other podcasts, collaborations. Um, I always joke that you don't own your social media followers. You don't own your podcast followers. You own your email list. So you need to be building them simultaneously. I'll say about that, not to jump ahead to reasons that you should start a podcast. Yeah. But I mean, I evangelize this all the time to people. I think starting a podcast is a wonderful thing in terms of just content creation because yeah. how many different ways you can repurpose it, transferring a, a podcast conversation into a blog post, using the copy from that in your emails, taking snippets, clips of those, those really good clips of the podcast episodes and and producing them into Instagram reels and TikToks and things like that. Like, oh, I just think it's it's a content machine. Mm-hmm. But I might be jumping ahead of myself a little bit there. No, but you're I right. Could. People aren't going to just find you organically because they don't know what to search for in Apple Podcasts, you know? So it's it's leveraging all of those other outlets, your email list, your social media following, even just the guests that you have on using their reach as well, sending them really good social media assets for them to promote on their channels as well. That's how people are going to find you. And it's it's just going to be that slow and steady wins the race, like you said, over time. Definitely. I think of some of my favorite podcasts um, and where I found them. I think guests are a big one. Some of the podcasts that I love, I simply searched a particular guest or I heard them on a different podcast and they were talking about their show and I kind of jumped over here and started listening to their podcast all the time and maybe even abandoned the other show. Like it, I think it's just organic in that. And I think my encouragement with this would be Show up consistently in your podcast and also have a multi-tier strategy for the ways that you are talking about what you do and who you are. Yeah, I agree. I think to that point, one of my favorite stand-up comedians, uh, and I listen to a lot of comedy podcasts, mm-hmm. his name is Rory Scovel. And I just like, I was so obsessed with his, him and his comedy. I just would search his name and just see what other podcasts he guested on. And I would just, would just binge a bunch of those yeah. and listen to those. So you're exactly right. I think that matters. Mm-hmm. Kyle, I'm going to get on my soapbox for a minute. Do it. Because I know that podcasting is a commitment. We've talked about that. You need to consistently show up, but you also need to have a plan when you show up. And so it can get really tiring if you're just pressing record and you're not sure what you're talking about. Um, and so we think you shouldn't start a podcast until you know what you're about. Yeah. Uh, if you can't answer the question, what's this podcast going to be about? Go back to the drawing board for clarity because it's not going to serve your audience and it's not going to feel sustainable when you're like pulling from the recesses of your mind all the time without a plan. So what have you seen from your seat on this topic? Well, I mean, I'll speak firsthand. I mean, at Pod Circle, we offer these strategy sessions mm-hmm. as part of some of our launch packages. When someone comes to us and they want, they want to partner with us to help them launch a podcast, I get so excited when they decide to take us up on our, our strategy session. Yeah. It's two hours of dedicated time where we like, we really zoom out and ask big questions about like, what's your why? Like, what's the purpose of this podcast? Who is it for? It's this kind of cool funnel where we ask the big questions and then like really hone in on the specifics of like, here's how long we think these episodes yeah. should be because of who's the listener. And just getting really granular there and, and answering, I think some of those, almost like asking questions that they don't know to ask. Yeah to get to some of those answers that I think are really important to get to 
before you really dive into those episodes. Like, hey, what's the ideal guest for this podcast? Mm -hmm. Things like that, I think are really, really important. Yeah, those are some of my absolute favorite things to be a part of. And full disclosure, (laughs) Mackenzie leads those strategy sessions and she, we used to do them together. And now I'm just like, sometimes I'll join, but now I'm just like, Mackenzie, you can just take it and run with it. Like I'm, I'm the dumbest person in the room and I run pod circle, but man, when it comes to content strategy and really thinking big picture, it's crazy to watch you work. And I love that we get to leave people with tangible steps of like, okay, here's how I'm actually going to get started. Here's how I'm going to take this big vision and put legs to it and get going and really get clear about who you are, who you're talking to, what you're talking to and how you can serve people. Because I think when you go back to how is what I'm putting out into the world serving first and foremost, that's how you decide what you're about. Totally. All right. The last one is the reason we think you shouldn't start a podcast is if you're trying to do it all yourself. So as someone who likes to do it all myself, I understand this. I do too, truly. Yeah. Because there's the saying, like, if you want it done right, you do it yourself. And I think a lot of people feel that way when they start their podcast. It's like, and then they dig into all these things that are maybe not part of their core competencies, like how to edit audio, like which podcast host. Yeah. And then you you get into it and it's like, it might be exciting for a time, but once you get a couple episodes in, people oftentimes they get overwhelmed with it. Yeah. Um, I wonder how often you kind of meet people in that, Kyle, where they've been trying to do it themselves for a while. Maybe they're starting to miss episodes or they're not getting things out or the quality isn't there because it, it is a lot to take on. It's really fun and exciting at first, but then when the rubber meets the road, I think I read a stat that 20% of podcasts launched actually survive every year. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is because of this grind that we're talking about. Like it, to put a quality podcast out on a consistent basis and show up when you say you're going to show up, it's not always easy. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I actually just talked to a client. She's in that same place. She's got, I think she's got six episodes which is so often like the breaking point. That's where people feel like they're exhausted because they've been having technical issues with remote guests. They're not happy with the quality. They've been hiring a freelance podcast editor, maybe off of Fiverr or Upwork. And that's not going super well because they they don't feel like they have a partner in that. And they're just, they're kind of losing that excitement and that vigor that they started out with. Mm -hmm. And and that bums me out because I just, I told her when, when I was talking to her, I'm like, I wish that we'd found each other a couple months ago. Cause I think the first 10 minutes of our conversation were just the pain, all these pain points of like, yeah, I love the, I like, I, I was so excited. Now I'm just kind of burnt out and having these issues and in my head, I'm just listening, but I'm also thinking like, oh, we could have helped you so much along the way. Yeah. But I'm so grateful. She, she found us because by the end of the call, you could tell she just already felt lighter. And she's just like, I had no idea that mm. someone with agency level services had this much support and could offer such a personalized experience. And it really seemed like she felt like she had a partner and that just makes me happy. Mm, I love it. I actually just pulled this stat the other day. It says only 21% of podcasts achieve more than 10 episodes. Only 21% make it past 10 episodes. And I think it's for all these reasons that, that we're talking about. Yeah. I would give you guys the gift of going second and share a few of my own DIY fails in launching a podcast One is I redid an intro like way after I should have, like it was going out 
on Monday and we got the copy on Sunday and I didn't want to bother Kyle and I should have because we were partnering with him. But oh. I was like, I'll just, yeah. I can put this in. I've got garage band skills. It did not work. I spent way more time than I needed to. And I'm not an audio expert. I didn't start a podcast because I'm an audio expert. I started a podcast because I'm a content specialist and I know how to produce quality content. Yeah. I don't know how to do audio. So one, it's going to take you longer than it should. And when you're out of your sweet spot, it's just clunky and uncomfortable. I think that there's this illusion that get a mic, yeah, plug it in a garage band, hit record, publish. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I wish it was that simple. And, and maybe for some people it is, but for most, it just isn't. Mm -hmm. It just isn't. You know, maybe if you do that and then you listen back on Apple Podcasts and it's really cool to see your podcast yes. show up and then you listen, it's like, man, I feel, I sound really quiet and something wrong with my mic. Like, why do I sound weird? And why do, why is it so echoey and all of these things? And then you go back and you're like, how do I EQ it and compress it? And I've got this air conditioner that I can hear in the background. How do I get rid of that? And that's when people, they just need to hire an expert. How do I put intro music over top? Yeah. And how do I like fade it out in a nice way? And if you know how to do all that stuff, then awesome. But I've just found it. That's just not the majority of people, honestly. Yeah. And then I think in my own experience, like there are a lot of steps that maybe we don't think about. So we think we just plug it in and we load it up. But yeah. what happens when you need to have show notes and post it to a website and create social media graphics and make sure that you've got guest stuff and communicate. Like there's just a whole range of tasks that need to happen for every single podcast, which is why I love what we do at PodCircle because yeah. we really do take the headache out of it and help you do what you do best. So, okay, let's uh, quickly talk about why you should start a podcast. Let's do it. Um, I think this harkens back to something we talked about earlier. People aren't gonna find you organically but you want to increase brand awareness and loyalty. So we really do believe that this is one of the greatest ways to do that. People spend more time listening to podcasts daily than scrolling social media or watching TV. That's wild. And so you're really meeting people where they are, in their cars, doing their dishes. I used to listen to podcasts on long runs while I was training for half marathons. Yeah. Like you're meeting people in really vulnerable places and where they're already at. And this is such a great way, like we were talking about, to consistently show up and build trust with people that will translate into whatever your goals are, whether it's sales, whether it is a product, whether you have a service that you want to introduce people to. Maybe you're going to have a book launch. And I think there's so many reasons to want to build brand awareness and loyalty. Absolutely. And I think what's so unique about podcasts and what's so great about it is that it just creates this intimacy and like familiarity mm -hmm. between the listener and the host or the guest or whoever's on it. But just having that person speak to you like right in your earbuds, right into your headphones. I just think it's such a cool relationship. And what's so great about it, as opposed to, you know, watching TV or something like that, is that you can kind of be totally disengaged. Like mm -hmm. you can be on a run. You can, I mean, you can be in the shower. You can be doing whatever, doing dishes, doing laundry. And I think that that's why podcast consumption just continues to go up. Mm -hmm. Like year over year, it continues to go up because you can consume it anywhere. I mean, I have friends that take road trips and they just will put on, instead of put, listening to music, they'll just put on a podcast and listen to it on a road trip together, which I think is so cool. But it does, it creates that loyalty. Like I've, I've probably got a dozen different podcasts that I listen to on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. I've just made it part of my routine, like every week. Like I've, I've got my Monday podcast and my Tuesday podcast and, 
and some of my favorite comedy podcasts come out on Wednesday and you kind of you start to look forward to it. But I just think from a branding perspective, what better way to create trust and authority and mm-hmm. familiarity with maybe a prospective customer or client or, you know, if you're a speaker, like, yeah, I, I think every speaker and author should have a podcast. Like, am I crazy for thinking that? I don't think so. I think if you're in the business of wanting to curate a relationship with someone, there's no better way to do that. Totally. I know from my own perspective, I started a podcast at Onsite because we wanted to find a way to help emotional wellness be accessible mm-hmm. and create something consistently for people who maybe couldn't come and experience our services firsthand. Yes. And it was such a beautiful gift to see, one, this is valuable on its own. And then it led people to want to know more about what we do and come and have an on-site experience. Yes. So it was super, it's been super successful, I've seen, in curating a relationship, providing consistent value on its own, and then also helping people take that next step. And six out of 10 people listen to podcasts. Like people are there, everyone's there. (laughs) Yeah, and what's cool in in your case, is like they already have so much trust because they're like, you guys are facilitating these really, Mm -hmm. these conversations that not a lot of other people are having. And you have this expert knowledge, but you're just facilitating in in such a special way that people are going to come to Onset because you've you've gained their trust through the podcast so much. I think this is basically point two, which is you have a product or service you want to talk about. I think podcasts are a really organic way to talk about what you do um, and to provide value to people. Have you ever bought something based on a podcast? Yeah, Liquid IV. It's this thing you pour in water. But was that an ad? It was an ad, yeah. And I'll, And this is a little soapbox of mine. I'll go on. Read your own ads. If you're a podcast host... Read yes. your own ads. Don't have someone else do it. I know some people that hire like voiceover folks to read their ads. I'm like, no, it needs to come straight from you. So yeah, I bought Liquid IV because I was working out a ton at the time and mm-hmm. just didn't feel like I was getting enough water. And I was like, oh, this sounds great. And it's supposed to taste great. And I think I had a buddy who tried it. So yeah, that'd be one example. Yeah. At Onsite, we have not branched out into having external ads. We're looking at that in the next year, but all of our ads are internal ads because we have such a complex suite of services. We want to talk about what we do. So from our digital programs to our more intensive residential trauma treatment, to our in-person experiences and our mercantile, we're always finding a way to relate it back to the topic. Uh, Whether we do a podcast on trauma, then we say like, hey, we have a class on trauma. Yes. Or you can come and have this experience for a trauma workshop and yeah, reading it in our own in our own voice and pushing back to our own services and products within that has been a strategy that has worked really well for us. One of the number one questions that I get with a a new or prospective customer or client is, I want to monetize my podcast. How do I monetize my podcast? Mm-hmm. And as a newbie, if you're looking to sell other people's ads, mm-hmm. you got to get those those download numbers up first. Like I, from yeah. what I've heard, advertisers don't even get super interested until you're averaging a thousand or more downloads per episode. And even then, I don't think those payouts are that great. So I tell people, why don't you bet on yourself? Like advertise you, like advertise your services. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're a comedian and you want to start a podcast, you should start every podcast by telling them where your next shows are. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, I've got shows in Spokane. And, you know, and if you're a course creator, advertise your courses. If you're a, a coach, a business coach, like my friend Alex, that's what he does. He has a great podcast. The content that he shares is is so great. And he's so well positioned himself as, as an authority in the business coaching space. Yeah. And he advertises his coaching business that way. And I think 
I would be surprised if that's not one of the number one ways that he gets new clients. I, sh- I should ask him, but I, I would be really surprised if it wasn't because it's such a great podcast. Yeah. And that leads us into the third reason we think you should start a podcast is if you want to establish yourself as an authority in your space, because you have a regular opportunity to talk about what you do and why you specialize in it and continue to just frankly toot your own horn and position yourself as an expert. What I discovered doing a little bit of research on this is that 75% of podcast listeners state that they tune in to their favorite shows to learn something. We all want to learn mm-hmm. something. There's a reason I listen to Invisibilia. There's a reason that I listen every morning to the news. There's particular people that I trust and they've established themselves as an authority in different spaces and things that I want to learn about. There's a parenting expert that I listen to a podcast about. So I think there's no better platform to showcase your ideas and your knowledge than a podcast because you're consistently showing up and you can talk about so many topics connected to your expertise. Absolutely. I think that's a really great point. Uh, Number four, you would like to network with others in your field. I love this one. Oh, I think this is such a good one because I think there's two parts to that. One, you want to create a show that provides value for other professionals to tune into. And two, you want to elevate other voices in your space through guest interviews. Um, I can think of if you're a therapist, maybe you want to create a resource for therapists, but you're also going to be connecting and networking with other therapists. And you've created a platform where people want to come on and say, hey, I was on this person's podcast because they are an authority in this space and it's going to help me. And then you're creating relationships. Totally. Um, I think of a lot of comedians who do this. There's celebrities that do this. They're always on each other's podcast. There are authors that do this. Like, how do you figure out what your field is? Whatever your field is, there's going to be a podcast about it. Yeah. And we'll do the same with this podcast. And we've talked about, we've got a handful of people that Mm -hmm. are really influential in the podcast space who either offer really great services or just have a lot of expertise in their particular thing that we're going to reach out to and have them on kind of for that same reason. And two, uh, maybe another side of this is, you know, when you, when you land a really great guest, it's, it's really cool to sit down and have a 15 or 30 or minute or hour long conversation with them. Like that's really, really unique, dedicated time that you get to spend with that person. Mm -hmm. And if that goes well, then you can say, Hey, we pulled this really great clip, you know, make them look good and sound smart and all that good stuff and then send it to them. And if they like it, they'll share it to their 1,000 or 100,000 or 1 million followers, whatever their their reach is. Yeah. And to me, I think that's a really important thing to consider when you're kind of considering those guests and, and just the networking aspect yeah. of, of that. And they're reaching people who are your target market, most likely. Yeah. Which I think is so great. It's just people you're not talking to who are interested in what you have to say. So question for you. All right. In that realm, networking with other people in our field, who would be your dreamiest of dreamy guests? Oh gosh, that's a hard one. Can I go more general? Yeah. Well, I'm, I grew up in the 90s, so Conan O'Brien was my late night host. Oh. I love Conan O'Brien and I love that he has, has a podcast and he's one of the ones I kind of listen to religiously. Even if I'm not really that into the guest, I just want to hear mm-hmm. him be an idiot, you know? Yeah. Love Conan. I, I think I mentioned him earlier, one of my favorite comedians, maybe my favorite comedian. It's a guy named Rory Scovel. We grew up in the same town. I didn't know him there, but I grew up in South Carolina. I just think the guy is hilarious. I love his specials and um, would just love to grab a drink with him and and record the conversation. I think it'd be super fun. What about a couple of yours? Well, here's the deal. I really think I would be best friends with Dak Shepard and Monica. Same. But that's that's the whole thing, right? Their whole... Their whole podcast is all about like you're part of our arm cherries. They do such a great job from a content perspective. They do a great job. So I think that I would love that. Yeah, me too. Hey, listen, if you ever land that interview, 
hook a brother up, you know? Yeah, all I know. I mean, and if we're talking about incredible interviewers, it'd be incredible to get to interview Oprah mm. and Brene Brown. Brene oh, yeah. Brown is one of the most incredible interviewers because I think she's a social scientist. So yes, she's a researcher. I think those would be my top three people that I really admire and want to learn from. She asks such good questions and those are some some quality guests right there. That'd be pretty sick. Yeah. There you go. Well, this has been a really fun conversation. And if you're ready to start your podcast, we want to help you yeah. at Pod Circle. That's what we do. I mean, we we talked about a lot of things. We talked about, you know, obviously there's the podcast editing and show notes writing and social media clips and things like that. But mm-hmm. a lot of people just need a lot of help getting started. Yeah. You said it, I think you said in our trailer episode, every podcast begins with someone Googling how to start a podcast. Mm-hmm. One, I really hope that we can show up in those search results. We're working on that. Yeah. But it's just because we feel like we have so many resources and so much knowledge and so much expertise in launching and running successful podcasts that we love partnering with people. And I, and I use that word intentionally, partnering with people. I yeah. think a lot of people feel like they just need a partner. And I think to go at it alone is to really suffer through until you find a partner who can really help you. Mm. Awesome. Well, I'm so excited to keep having these conversations with you, Kyle. Yeah, we'll talk to you guys next week. 